Book Three, Chapter Three, of Robert Falconer by George MacDonald. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Robert Falconer by George MacDonald. Chapter Three, A Mere Glimpse. At the close of a fortnight, Falconer thought it time to return to his duties in Aberdeen. The day before the steamer sailed, they found themselves, about six o'clock, in Grace Church Street. It was a fine summer evening. The street was less crowded than earlier in the afternoon, although there was a continuous stream of wagons, omnibuses, and cabs both ways. As they stood on the curbstone a little way north of Lombard, waiting to cross, "'You see, Shargar,' said Robert, "'nature will have her way.' not all the hurry and confusion and roar can keep the shadows out look wherever a space is for a moment vacant there falls a shadow as grotesque as strange as full of unutterable things as any shadow on a field of grass and daisies i remember feeling the same kind of thing in india returned shargar where nothing looked as if it belonged to the world i was born in but my own shadow in such a street as this however all the shadows look as if they belonged to another world and had no business here i quite feel that returned falconer they come like angels from the lovely west and the pure air to show that london cannot hurt them for it too is within the kingdom of god to teach the lovers of nature like the old orthodox jew st peter that they must not call anything common or unclean shargar made no reply and robert glanced round at him he was staring with wide eyes into not at the crowd of vehicles that filled the street his face was pale and strangely like the shargar of old days what's the matter with you robert asked in some bewilderment receiving no answer he followed shargar's gaze and saw a strange sight for london city in the middle of the crowd of vehicles with an omnibus before them and a brewer's dray behind them came a line of three donkey-carts heaped high with bundles and articles of gypsy gear the foremost was conducted by a middle-aged woman of tall commanding aspect and expression both cunning and fierce she walked by the donkey's head carrying a short stick with which she struck him now and then but which she oftener waved over his head like the truncheon of an excited marshal on the battlefield accompanying the movements now with loud cries to the animal now with loud response to the chaff of the omnibus conductor the trade driver and the tradesmen in carts about her she was followed by a very handsome olive-complexioned wild-looking young woman with her black hair done up in a red handkerchief who conducted her donkey more quietly both seemed as much at home in the roar of grace church street as if they had been crossing a wild common a loudish-looking young man brought up the rear with the third donkey from the bundles on the foremost cart peeped a lovely fair-haired english-looking child robert took all this in a moment the same moment shargar's spell was broken lord it is my mother he cried and darted under a horse's neck into the middle of the rock he needled his way through till he reached the woman she was swearing at a cabman whose wheel had caught the point of her donkey's shaft and was hauling him round heedless of everything shargar threw his arms about her crying mither mither 
none of your blasted humbug she exclaimed as with a vigorous throw and a wriggle she freed herself from his embrace and pushed him away the moment she had him at arm's length however her hand closed upon his arm and her other hand went up to her brow from underneath it her eyes shot up and down him from head to foot and he could feel her hand closing and relaxing and closing again as if she were trying to force her long nails into his flesh he stood motionless waiting the result of her scrutiny utterly unconscious that he had caused a congestion in the veins of london for every vehicle within sight of the pair had stopped falconer said a strange silence fell upon the street as if all the things in it had been turned into shadows a rough voice which sounded as if all london must have heard it broke the silence it was the voice of the cabman who had been in altercation with the woman bursting into an insulting laugh he used words with regard to her which it is better to leave unrecorded the same instant shargar freed himself from her grasp and stood by the forewheel of the cab get down he said in a voice that was not the less impressive that it was low and hoarse the fellow saw what he meant and whipped his horse shargar sprang on the box and dragged him down all but headlong now he said beg my mother's pardon but hanged if i do etc etc said the cabman then defend yourself said shargar robert falconer was watching all and was by his side in a moment come on you etc etc cried the cabman plucking up heart and putting himself in fighting shape he looked one of those insolent fellows whom none see discomfited more gladly than the honest men of his own class the same moment he lay between his horse's feet shargar turned to robert and saying only there robert turned again towards the woman the cabman rose bleeding and desiring no more of the same climbed on his box and went off belaboring his horse and pursued by a roar from the street for the spectators were delighted at his punishment now mother said shargar panting with excitement what called they ye she asked still doubtful but as proud of being defended as if the coarse words of her assailant had had no truth in them ye cannot be my long-legged geordie what for no ye're a gentleman faith and what for no again returned shargar beginning to smile weel it's weel spared your father was one anyway if so be at ye are as ye say moray put his head close to hers and whispered some words that nobody heard but herself it's our long sign to men upon that she said in reply with a look of cunning consciousness ill settled upon her fine features but ye can be naebody but my geordie heth man she went on regarding him once more from head to foot but you're a credit to me i moan allow Will give me a sovereign, and I's never come near ye. Poor Shargar, in his despair, turned half mechanically towards Robert. He felt that it was time to interfere. You forget, mother, said Shargar, turning again to her and speaking English now. It was I that claimed you, and not you that claimed me. She seemed to have no idea of what he meant. Come up the road here, to our public, and take a glass, woman, said Falconer. Do not hold the folk looking at ye. 
The temptation of a glass of something strong and the hope of getting money out of them caused an instant acquiescence. She said a few words to the young woman, who proceeded at once to tie her donkey's head to the tail of the other cart. "'Shaw the way, then,' said the elder, turning again to Falconer. Shargar and he led the way to St. Paul's churchyard, and the woman followed faithfully. The waiters stared when they entered. "'Bring a glass of whisky,' said Falconer, as he passed on to their private room. When the whisky arrived, she tossed it off and looked as if she would like another glass. "'Your father'll have taken ye up, I'm thinking, laddie,' she said, turning to her son. "'No,' answered Shargar gloomily. "'There's the man that took me up.' "'And wha may ye be?' she asked, turning to Falconer. "'Mr. Falconer,' said Shargar. "'No a son of Andrew Falconer,' she asked again, with evident interest. "'The same,' answered Robert. "'Weel, Geordie,' she said, turning once more to her son, "'it's like mother, like father, to the twa of ye.' "'Did you know my father?' asked Robert eagerly. Instead of answering him, she made another remark to her son. "'He need not be ashamed of your company, anyway. "'Queer kind of mother at I am.' "'He never was ashamed of my company,' said Shargar, still gloomily. "'Ay, I knew your father weel enough,' she said, now answering Robert. "'More by token, at I saw him last night. "'He was looking ne that ill.' Robert sprung from his seat and caught her by the arm. "'Ow, ye need not go into such a flurry. "'He'll no come near ye's, I warrant.' "'Tell me where he is,' said Robert. "'Where did you see him?' I'll give you all that I have if you take me till him. Hooly, hooly! What's to go looking for a thrum in a hay-sow? returned she coolly. I only said I saw him. But are you sure it was him? answered Falconer. Ay, sure enough, she answered. What makes ye so sure? Cause I never was wrong yet. Said a man once atween my two eyes, and that'll be twa at knows him when his own mother's forgotten him did you speak to him maybe i and maybe knew i did not come here to be heckled afore a jury tell me what he's like said robert agitated with eager hope given ye do not know what he's like what for should I ye take the trouble to spare but deed ye'll know what he's like when ye fall in with him she added with a vindictive laugh vindictive because he had given her only one glass of strong drink with the laugh she rose and made for the door they rose at the same moment to detain her like one who knew at once to fight and flee she turned and stunned them as with a blow she's a fine young thing yon sister of yours geordie she'll be worth siller by the time she's had a while at the school the men looked at each other aghast when they turned their eyes she had vanished they rushed to the door and parting searched in both directions but they were soon satisfied that it was of no use probably she had found a back way into paternoster row whence the outlets are numerous End. chapter three